Hi again, everyone. Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast, episode number 131 of the Sports Podcast. Anthony and Tim joining you. My uh, thanks once again goes out to Gemma Bastiani for coming on last week, talking AFLW with us. And uh, I will give you an update on what happened last weekend as we head into new play on Friday morning, our time. I think it's 310 a.m. I'll probably wake up just because I do in the middle of the night, but uh, oh, it won't be on purpose. <laughs> uh, but you know, hey, it, it, it's good to have it's good to have it's good to have football back as football ends here in America and it begins. Yes, we got a lot going on, and we're going to get into some YSU news here very shortly. But before we do all that, uh, when we first say hello to Anthony, before I get on my little diatribe. <laughs> Uh, Tim, it's uh, nice to be back, and yeah, this uh, shortest month of the year is hopefully starting out weather-wise kind of rough, work-wise kind of rough, and but hopefully by the end of the month it starts lightening up a little bit, to say. Yeah, well, maybe we'll have uh, baseball actually start on time, and I doubt uh, we'll we'll see. Maybe they'll 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 brighten my my uh, my outlook. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've probably said this in the years past. If I haven't, uh, you probably figured it out by now. It's February. I'm not happy. <laughs> I'm not it, happy. It's, just, it's just not a fun time of the year. Uh, there's some good things going on this time of the year. A lot of fun you can have. Uh, I just, it's, it's to me the worst it's weather miserable. month. It's the worst oh, weather yeah. month in Northeast Ohio. It's the shortest month and the longest month all built into one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just no fun. So. Uh, yeah, I'm a little salty, to say the least, uh, the last few days. It may not go away until it warms up. Uh, uh, anyways, let me get to my, uh, not to bury the uh, lead story this week, <laughs> like I have been for the last few weeks. Um, congratulations goes out to Michael Wells and to Sheldon Cox. Both clips the 1,000-point barrier in their career at Newcastle. Uh, becoming the 17th and 18th member of that exclusive club in uh, Newcastle. And uh, Michael Wells, only a junior. Sheldon, a senior. Uh, phenomenal ball players. They're off to an amazing start. They're 11-0, and 6-0 in the, in the section. Uh, check us out. Uh, they're on – it's really simple. Every game is on Facebook. All you have to do is go to Newcastle Hurricanes media page. Uh, if you follow me on Facebook, I'll try to put it on our uh, Radio MVP page, too, to promote it. Uh, you want to catch them the rest of the season. It's a short season with everything going on with COVID. Uh, some games are being played. Some aren't. It's an open format for the playoffs for the WPIL. The only real difference will be uh, for the state championships. Unlike years past where they take four to five teams from each division, mm-hmm. They will only take one. So you have to win it to advance to the state title. And Newcastle moved up to 5A this year. And they're so far living up to the uh, challenge. Not surprised. Uh, Coach uh, Blundo has done a a phenomenal job once again preparing his team. His coaching staff does an amazing job. They get their players playing at a high level. And you know what? It never stops. Teaching never stops. The uh, coaching never stops. The, the players respond, and it has been a uh, really, really fun year, and uh, it could be a very special year. 
I don't know exactly what will happen, but this team's good. And when Coach Ralph Blundo said before the year he thought this team could be good, that's unique. He usually says, you know, we're going to, you know, not coach speak, but I just don't know where we're at and we're Mm going to see where we go and we're going to try to get, you know, we have high expectations. That's normally what you hear from him. Uh, He immediately said this team can be very good. So it tells you right away how good they have played uh, up until uh, the 3rd of February and they'll continue to play. They play Friday night. I invite you all to go to Facebook uh, if you can't listen to it on WKST 1200 and you want to listen to it, it's online at, uh, I should have that in front of me, but I believe it's forever, forever Northwest PA, uh, com. But anyways, Facebook's the easiest way go to Facebook, go to Newcastle hurricanes media page. And our game is, uh, our audio is simulcast on their broadcast or their streamcast. I should of the uh, high school basketball game. So uh, don't know if that's going to be available in the playoffs. I I know it won't be for the WPIL, and I don't expect it to be available for state turning if they get that far. So uh, check this team out. Uh, it's the best word of advice I can give you. Uh, again, congratulations to Michael Wells and to Sheldon Cox and uh, the entire team so far for the 11-0 start. But uh, for those two players to – reach 1000 points in their careers. That's, that's a special moment. Yeah. You can, you know, with everything going on and trying to play in the middle of the pandemic and not like you mentioned a shortened season, not knowing when you're going to play, if you're going to play who you're going to play, uh, not knowing who you're going to have a practice. Uh, a lot of coaches beginning of the year would say, you know, well, we're going to try to wiggle our way through, try to figure our way, th- our way throughout this year. Um, and for Coach Blunder to come out and say we got a chance to be pretty good, uh, has to tell you he has a really, really good sense of his basketball team. This is a really good basketball team that can score from anywhere on the court. I've I've listened to a couple games and they can score. Uh, I mean, they've got to be averaging your eighty points a game. Is that right, Tim? Yeah, yeah, that's not. Un- I mean, I mean, they're just last, shooting the, last the night they scored eighty eight points. So yeah. yeah, they're shooting the lights out of the yeah. ball. They really have. And the thing that's impressive to me is most of the time when you have a team that's scoring 75, 80 points a game, college or high school, it doesn't matter what level, but they defend really well also. You know, sometimes you can score the ball really well, but you you don't play defense as well. Um, and they can defend you and lock you down and they can put up 80 on you any given night. It's going to be really really difficult to beat this yeah uh it's there's some really good teams still left in mm-hmm. the state of pennsylvania and including wpil so uh we'll see exactly what transpires but yeah this is a special team i've said it before i'll say it again um i'm not sure why the light shined on me with uh enjoy Shashi. yeah but uh, man it's my favorite thing to do I yep. love covering this team. I love covering this program. Um, and uh, nothing against anything else I do. It's just, it's purely a joy to be around a program that is this, this good. And not even that, it's just classy. They try to do everything right. And, and it starts with Ralph Blundo and it goes down mm-hmm. from there. And uh, not a surprise. And I'm, uh, like I said, I, I'm very, 
very, very uh, happy to be where I'm at. And uh, much as I love Ohio, much as I love, uh, uh, I've spent half my career covering Western mm -hmm. Pennsylvania. Yes, you have. Uh, through, uh, you know, I spent time in Franklin and Oil City and Titusville and Meadville and Greenville, all of them, wonderful towns, all of them great people that I've met along the way. Franklin has a place in my heart uh, beyond uh, most people know. Uh, just a great, a great town, and they were so welcoming uh, during my time covering them. And the other schools were just as nice. Uh, and to land, you know, because of that connection with for no, forever in a new Newcastle, it's just been a a, a real joy. And uh, I know I'm kind of singing my own praises there, so I'll stop doing that and uh, move on. Uh, speaking, go ahead. Speaking of broadcasting and. Uh, the high school scene, I know it's only February 3rd, but uh, we always talk about our season's the fastest 10 weeks in football. Uh, have you seen the leak on Ursuline's website? No, I have not. Have you seen – you, know, you, have, you have not heard about this yet? No, I have not. I, so did, not, I did not – Break the news I uh, I was uh, going to text you, and I forgot, but uh, right now, week three – Everybody knows we covered Ursuline last year. And what a joy that was. Uh, you know, shout out to uh, Coach Ren and everybody at Ursuline. But right now, uh, Ursuline, week three, is at Canfield. Ah, that would be wonderful. Their, uh, their first three games as of now. Now, Coach Path came out to, do, to uh, Dana Balsh and said there's no truth to it. There's no truth to it. So we'll see what happens. Sure. Uh, but Ursuline's website, their official high school website, is listing – Week three at Canfield. Uh, they start out with Bishop Hartley and then Hickory. So yeah. Bishop Hartley, Hickory, and Canfield the first three weeks is tell you what, Hickory's a good program. Yes, they I are. covered them in the past. They're really good. That is a really good football program. And uh hopefully this is not a one and done deal. I don't know if that's yeah. a home or away uh at Hickory. Uh I can but, tell you right now. Um yeah, I would love to go back to Hickory to do a game. It would be phenomenal. Uh, that's another it's school. Friday, August, to... Friday, August twenty seventh at Hickory at seven o'clock. That would be wonderful. They they treat us great there. Uh, that would be uh, a game that we're gonna have to uh, discuss with uh, absolutely. Well, yes, we again, the plan is to try to partner again with Ursuline. Uh, I'm not you know leaving you out the bag. No. I'm pretty sure everybody knows our connection there, and we're gonna. We're going to try to grow. We're going to try to get Ursuline again. Yeah. yeah. It'll uh, be yeah. uh week through. be kind of cool. Uh, Matt and I against each other. You know, we. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to say this because I root for Ursuline every game because of family and, you know. Sure. And uh, the great relationship we have with them. But uh, you can't root against your cousin when he's on the uh, sideline in our nah, red and black. You know. You never go against blood. That'd be kind of, that'd be cool though, because you know that I don't know if they've ever played in football in the last thirty or forty years. They've always it's kinda, probably been a long time. It probably has been. I don't a think they've played time. in my lifetime, so it'd be kind of yeah. cool to. Uh, uh, your dad will have a, a nice day, huh? I think, uh, Tim. I think uh, what about five, six rows down from our broadcast booth, you might have the whole, the oh, whole family. Thing. Oh yeah, you <laughs> might have the whole section. That you sounds like fun. Oh, it'll be a you great know, time. It, it, be it great will time. be. It will. It definitely will be. And I'm thinking a tailgate. Hopefully, we can tailgate by then. 
and just have a great Friday. Uh, let's hope that things are much better ne- this time next year. Go on, There's no question be. about it. Hey, let's continue the football talk real quick. Yes. And get into our Youngstown State Penguins who had a big day today. And I'll mm-hmm. let you take it from there. Yeah. Uh, today was National Signing Day. Well, what everybody is used to being National Signing Day, obviously you can have uh, the early signing day. Um, you know, but the Penguins – you know, with their uh, spring season starting in a couple weeks here, uh, February 21st at North Dakota State, uh, the Penguins doing a nice job. You saw uh, the last class on early signing day, uh, Phillips really tried to go get the athletes, and he made a mark. And we talked about this, I think, the podcast after. Um, he put his foot in Toledo, and he stayed there. And the Penguins have had success in Toledo, uh, most notably recently uh, getting Jody Webb, who was an absolute stud for YSU. Uh, but this year, the Penguins bring in Joe Trent, a tight end from Dublin Scioto High School. Um, yeah, down by Columbus. Yes. Darian Bowling from Hamilton. Uh, Nate Williams out of Poland, the center. Uh, Jonathan Schmidt and Clayton Medvek uh, from Canfield and Springfield, respectively, both kickers. And we saw Medvek, Tim, a couple years, and he can, he can boot the ball. Yes, he can, and I won't be surprised if he does more than kick it. I agree with that. I think there's opportunity with that. The size of the athlete that he yep. is. I was going to say that. You could put him on either offense or defense and get exactly. plays out of him yep. besides kicker. It will, it'll be a really interesting scenario uh, watching his career develop at Youngstown State. Penguins brought in uh, four kickers. They have four kickers in the roster right now. So I think you're right. I think, uh, obviously, if he's hitting 50 yarders like we saw him hit, uh, Phillips is going to have a tough time moving him off special team because it's been a struggle at uh, the uh, place composition of late for YSU. Uh, and then I really like this signing, Tim. I really like this signing. Jaron Davis, a defensive back from St. Thomas Aquinas in Florida, uh, going back down to get the Florida kids. Just, I mean, stuff tremendous athletes down there. And then another one I really like, and I know a lot of people might shake their head and go, oh, but Michael Pastella. We had an the opportunity to cover him the last couple of years. He's a football player. 98 tackles last year, Tim. Yeah. 98 tackles. I mean, it just you can see the impact Carl Pellini had on him and in, in his one all season with him. He was around the ball, making plays. And why she loses a lot from the linebacker position. So uh, hopefully um, Pastella can continue the tradition of strong YSU linebackers. So it'd be, it'd be really interesting. Uh, a couple of JUCO transfers brought in the last couple of weeks. Um, you Don't know, about we Chris still got a quarterback, but uh, I like the emphasis on the offensive line and getting athletes. And that's something we talked about the last couple of years is we simply didn't have the athletes. And in this conference, you've got to have athletes to win. You know, you've got to have guys that can make plays with or without the football. Yeah, I mean – and don't forget Campbell's own uh, Chris Samarone. Yes. Yeah, I'm following in his dad's footsteps. Yes. A little, little uh, heritage there. There's nothing wrong with that. And uh, also, you know, we, uh, another signing, I don't know if you've seen this one or not, uh, Anthony, is Brendan Kilpatrick from Lakeview as a punter. Yes, I saw that. Uh, this is the third punter the Penguins have brought in. Um, two, uh, two high school punters, and they brought in a punter from Australia. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. He, uh, so, they, 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 that's the player I need to talk to. Um, I guarantee you 
the reason he's here is because of Australian rules football. And uh, if you take a trip down to Columbus, they've had some success with Australian punters. We all know the history. We all know the Browns or the NFL has a strong history of Australian punters. So, uh, well, what makes them really interesting on two levels here, Anthony, mm-hmm. is that they do play a form of football that's not yes. American football. Mm-hmm. However, they're kicking an oval ball. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these athletes down there, not everyone, but many of them are almost ambidextrous with both feet, uh, be able to kick the ball 30, 40, 50 yards. Uh, so if they can, de- and I, I have no idea, I'm guessing here, it's pure guess, but if he's a left, naturally left-handed or Kicker, left-footed yeah. punter, mm-hmm. that's a huge advantage for any special team uh, because the ball comes off differently than it does yeah. when we normally see it from a right what it's, it's just the opposite spin and it it causes problems and one of the coaches in the nfl who's always wanted a left-footed punter it was was bill belichick for that reason alone mm-hmm. uh he'd probably give up a few yards on the punt to have that chance to you know cause Take some habit bounce, yep. exactly mm-hmm. and and maybe uh have a, a few muff punts along the way i'm not saying it's going to happen but it, I won't. I won't be surprised if that's the case. Not all of them are, but many of them can perform very well with both both feet that way. And that's because that game kind of demands that ability, kind of like soccer does. Uh, a little different, but uh, it's similar on that level. So no. And you know what? That's a pipeline now for a lot mm-hmm. of schools. Yes, it is. They found out that there's you know a lot of these young men who want to have that opportunity to come here to go to school. And it's an opportunity for them to play. They demonstrate their talents and, and schools will take a chance on them because they have really nothing but an upside when you have a, you know, 75, 80 scholarship limits and, uh, and more at the, you know, at the high division one level. So uh, there's, there's makes a lot of sense. And you're seeing more and more of that uh, throughout college football. And I'm not surprised because there is a talent down there and some of them, or, you know, rugby type players too. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're, you know, they're not just the, the prototypical special team player. There's, they're, they're, they're truly athletes. Speaking so of our, to see. go ahead. Speaking of our Penguins, uh, the Missouri Valley Conference today released their media poll. Uh, Indiana State has opted out. So there's only uh, 10 teams playing. Uh, Penguins were picked to finish eighth. And I'm going to say this right now. And, you can say I'm wearing my red and white goggles. We will finish higher than eighth. Yeah, I agree. I would be surprised. Uh, obviously, I think we're going to finish higher than eighth. Well, let's be honest. The last two years was disappointing finishes for, for the Penguins. And mm-hmm. uh, now you have the coaching change. It's kind of unknown. You go after what they did last year. You mm-hmm. don't. You, you see a new quarterback coming in this season. In a sense, you, you had a, you know, a starter graduate. Um, so. It's one of those scenarios where you just have to wait and see. Uh, but I think this team's going to going to get in there and grind very hard because of uh, a brand new coach and an opportunity to play football. I know it's a short season, only eight games. So every game matters. Obviously, uh, making the playoffs this year is going to be a little difficult. But I think six and two could probably get you in. Uh, possibly seven and five one. And th- 
Oh, I think if you go seven one, you're probably. Oh, I know you're. Game. Oh yeah, you're. You're definitely five in, and three probably gets you in. In this conference. I don't know. I it all depends. Um, if one of your five possible. wins it's is one of the Dakota schools and Northern Iowa, oh yeah, you're in. I think. Well, yeah, and that hasn't happened in a while for YSU. No. So. No, it has uh, not happened in years. So, but yeah, uh, yeah. If you get, I hate to say it, if you're beating those two schools, you finish five and three. That's a disappointment. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, uh, you know, I, I don't like my, you know, I'll throw a number out there just for that for the discussion. But I think six and two is not an a outrageous thought process coming into this spring season. Well, let's run down the schedule real quick to start off the season, the new season. We are at North Dakota State. Everybody knows that place is just, I mean, so difficult. And uh, they're going to be led by transfer from a Virginia Tech quarterback. Uh, we come home on a short week to play Northern Iowa, who for decades has been our, our nemesis. Weird, weird things happen against them. Yeah. And then we, we stay home to host Southern Illinois the first Saturday in March. They'll be a top 20 team, and they put the woodshed to us last year. They really – they really beat us up in Carbondale last year. Uh, then we're on the road to South Dakota State. And uh, the Penguins last year had the Jackrabbits until uh, Nate Mays got hurt and uh, the wheels fell off right before halftime with the pick six. Um, then we're home to South Dakota. Uh, South Dakota replaces Indiana State in our spring schedule. Uh, then we get conference newcomer North Dakota, who traditionally is a playoff team. Uh, then we're on the road to Macomb in Western Illinois. And then we finish up the season in pla- at uh, Missouri State. So, you know, Tim. Well, let's put it this way. Uh, for them to go six and two or better, they're going to have to split minimum the first two games. Yes. And, I'll say this. And if they go five and three, the reason they go in five and three is they probably are 0 and two in those two games. And if God willing that you sweep those two games. Oh, boy. Then, you know, I'll let. I'll let the limits be the limits. We'll see what happens. We'll take the limits. If you we'll take- can go, if you can split your first four games, North Dakota State, Northern Iowa, so- Southern Illinois, and South Dakota State, all pencil in to be top 20 teams right now. You know, it's a spring season. We It's mm-hmm. a lot of unknowns. Um, from all accounts, uh, from what I've been reading, uh, they will be uh, top 20 teams. Tim, if you go two and two in that stretch, then you got South Dakota, North Dakota, Western Illinois, and Missouri State. Penguins beat up on Western Illinois last year. They beat up on Missouri State a couple years ago when they played them. It will you be have a yeah. you have a chance there to get five wins. Well, yeah, and that and that the thing is more than anything, Anthony. If you're two and two after four games or four games to play, uh, you definitely have you know your future in your own sight. You know you can make yeah. you can determine your own future. Uh, like I said, if you, <coughs> excuse me, if you are able to even do better than that, oh boy, you're in great shape. Yeah, now, one are. and three, you have a lot of work to do. I mean, it's it's a numbers game. We can play that all day long, but I agree. Uh, worst case scenario for for the Penguins is go winless, obviously. But more than anything, uh, they're two and two at this stage in the game. Oh yeah. I, all, all bets are off. They can do whatever now, they so get through that the, the entire seasons in front of them. I totally agree yeah. with you. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I think honestly, that first game, I know it's going to be a tough game, but it's going to set the tone. It really will set You're the right. tone. You're right. 
You're exactly right. He, you know, so if they lose look, a close game, I think they're going to be in great shape. If they lose 35 to 10, then yeah, it's not, it, it could be yeah. a, a rough season. I'm not going to sit here because then you get then like you say, you got North, Northern Iowa right away. So on yeah. a short week, uh, you yeah, don't want to be in that scenario. Yeah. No, I mean, go ahead. Know, it's opening at the number one team in the country, the defending national champions for anybody is never easy coming in pandemic year with a new coach and a new coaching staff, a new quarterback by all accounts. Uh, it's a lot to ask for, but you know what? I think the thing that's most exciting is the unknown. We truly have no idea. We don't. Um, it's a brand new slate. And, um, and look, I know a lot of people are saying, Oh, you know, you're not going to be very good this year. And look, I've been told I'm absolutely nuts. If we're thinking this team could be better than people think, I mean, but Throw out the wins and losses. We, we all want to win. That's, you know, that's why this program is who they are because they won. Um, they haven't won recent years, but the fact that we're getting football and spring football outside of just beating each other up for four weeks and then playing an inner squad scrimmage, but you're actually playing team in your conference. Uh, I think it's an absolute blessing for an I think it's huge. Oh, it is. And then, to be on the field to, to compete, even in a shortened spring season and a, and a huge turnaround, you know, comes July to get ready for the next following season. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be taxing. But I'd rather be, I believe it or not, in YSU's scenario with a mm-hmm. brand new coach and brand new coaching staff that's eager to get started. The hunger is there. Right. Yeah. Uh, the unknown. And, and to really use this as an opportunity to uh, dive in, in the deep end and see what you're made of. Uh, yeah. Look, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. And it's easy to overestimate any team before they, uh, they play. But, again, we have a scenario where I think this team has been waiting, you know, since July to put on mm-hmm. the pads. And have an opportunity and a brand new coach and approve themselves. And, and uh, you know, it's going to be a, a very interesting uh, season under the circumstances in which they're playing in. And hopefully, you know, we'll continue to see not just the growth of the program, but a kind of a rebirth. And I hate saying that because they weren't that far away the last mm-hmm. few years. They had opportunities to win games and, and unfortunately were unable to, to really uh, finish off games. We don't know. That could be the same scenario this year. We don't know. Hopefully it won't be. Uh, but I said, that, but we have a brand new coaching staff. So, uh, and new players and uh, old players. So we'll see what happens this year. But optimism makes sense. And yeah, why not Talk enjoy the opportunity? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And let's, let's throw caution to the wind. Let's be optimistic and let's, 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 um, Let's go surprise Again, some people. Right. Well, exactly. I think that I think six and two is not out of the out of the realms of possibility. I think you're exactly right. I think you're because to we started four and zero last year, and we should have been five and zero if we can catch a wide open pass in the end zone against Northern Iowa, and then you're coming home and all bets are off. That well, you know, well, you're not looking. You know, um, I want to get this off my chest as we're talking about scheduling for years growing up and you covered them. Uh, 
YSU used to kick off on a Thursday night. That used to be their thing. They bring in a team that was good, but they could handle pretty easily to get the excitement up, get to one and oh, you know, start on a Thursday night. And the Penguins this year, Tim, I don't know if you saw it, will open the 2021 fall schedule on a Thursday night. They face Incarnate Word at 7.30 at Stanbaugh Stadium, which is great. I love the Thursday night opener. But how many times have we talked about YSU has got to do their schedule opposite of what the team in Columbus is? Because the same night, Ohio State opens up at Minnesota. On a Thursday night. On a Thursday night, yep. (laughs) I mean. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. And this is the truth of the matter is when they did that back in the late 80s, early 90s, there was two factors behind that. I remember talking and interviewing Mm -hmm. YSU back in the day. And I remember Mm -hmm. Trestle basically saying, and I'm paraphrasing here, he wasn't too keen about that Thursday night game originally. Really? No. And he just was like, well, okay. And then he realized that. At that time when they did it, nobody else was playing. No, it's playing. And it gave them that opportunity. Mm-hmm. That doesn't exist anymore. That nope. window of opportunity was kind of like Thursday night football on in to open a season in high school football. They used to be a unique thing. Now there's six, seven, eight games scheduled on a Thursday in the Valley uh, yeah. every year. And it used to be a one or two, maybe three games. Yep. Now there's a handful of games. And that's just the way it works. Uh, you know, uh, ESPN now covers games on Thursday nights. And uh, you have the NFL, of course, have Thursday night football. Thursday night was kind of a back then an, an opening that no one else was using it. And YSU, because like you mentioned, Ohio State playing Saturday afternoons mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yep. It worked out perfectly. And um, a lot of it had to do with, like, I know they played at a couple of Mac schools during that time mm-hmm. period where they would go on the road and take them because yep. that was their opportunity uh, to showcase themselves before that that opening Saturday game. So I, times change. Things change. Uh, I have nothing against the Thursday night opener. I, I think it's a good idea. You need, you know, sometimes you got to just change it up and try different things. Uh it's a lot better than a Friday game. And then they, years ago, they had Friday games. Uh, so uh, I don't know. I mean, I hope for the best. I don't think it's a bad idea. Uh, and if anything, I, I'd rather see a Saturday night game mm-hmm. uh, now because, again, you're not going to compete against Ohio State. Ohio no. State's always going to be primetime games, and uh, they're going to be moving around. And if they're a primetime game and you're scheduled at eight o'clock, there's nothing you can do about it, you know, no. or you're scheduled at seven o'clock. The only thing I would like to see in the future, and I don't know it's what the schedule looks like, is do away with the six o'clock starts for YSU. No six o'clock starts this year. That's good. No I, six just, I never understood I, that. I thought it was a really bad timing. I think seven was a great kickoff time um, for all football, uh, but we'll see. Uh, but, you know, things change and, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. Let's see what happens this spring. Hopefully you'll, things will continue prob- to get better. You'll probably have one uh, 7 o'clock game or 6 o'clock game this year in the fall for homecoming. But besides that, hey, you can put them at 2 o'clock and I'll be happy. All yeah. spring home games this year are noon, and I love it. Oh, that is. That's that's beautiful. Yeah, get no, up. you want that. 
Well, first get of to all, the stadium and yeah. Well, first of all, you know that's going to be the warmest time of the day, mm-hmm. and you're going to be in that. You know, chances are of rain or snow early in the season. Hey, it's going to be possible. miserable, Tim. Right. It's going to be like November at, yep. at Stambaugh's. And, you know, you never know. I remember one season, every year, every week I went, it rained. It oh, never, yep. I mean, throughout the entire season, even the playoffs, it mm-hmm. just rained. It snowed. I mean, every Saturday. It didn't, you know, you brought your poncho. You brought, this is back before they made you buy everything yep. at the stadium, you know. Yeah, I know, um, right? Yeah, and you brought your 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 trash bags to put on the on the seat and stuff like that to protect mm-hmm. yourself. I mean, that's just the way it was. Uh, but yeah, it's just a matter of time. So hopefully the weather will will uh, cooperate, and uh, my saltiness is kind of going to go away for a little bit, but it's going to come back here shortly. Well, and uh, you know, hey, uh, but right now yeah, I'm excited about football. Uh, let's hope that. We have a very warm April. Uh, the Penguins play April 3rd. Hopefully it's a 70-degree uh, day. It's sunny because YSU plays at 8 o'clock that night. And I'm thinking we put up a projector and we have a watch party at Tim's house for 8 o'clock on April the 3rd. And we root on a big-time win over Western Illinois at Tim's house. It, it, that's a possibility. It's definitely a possibility. We'll have to keep that. That date in mind as we go forward. Uh, there's no question about that. I, I like that thought. Uh, we need a we need a, we need some good thoughts going forward. Yes, we do. We're gonna come back to the game of football a little bit later, mm-hmm. but we're gonna get in a little hardball here with the Indians. Yeah, the Cleveland Baseball Club, the, the last year of the Cleveland Indians, uh, made a couple moves over the weekend or the last week. Uh, nothing major, nice but I, I I I have no problem with it. They brought back Hernandez at second base. That has been rumored for a while, and they were mm-hmm. able to do that. And Rosario in the outfield gives them – I a, love that signing. Yeah, well, it gives them a, a legitimate major league bat. And Finally. Yeah. You know, that's the key. It's a major league bat. God willing, no injuries. He gets to play 145, 150 games, mm-hmm. uh, you know, drive in 85, 90 RBIs, hit 25 home runs. Maybe you have a, a career year. You never know. But – yeah, it's what they needed so desperately the last five years, ever since Michael Brantley left uh, yeah. three years ago. And they needed a professional hitter. All right, he's not going to hit 300, but he can hit 280 on a good year. He can also drive in, you know, close to 100 RBIs on a good year. So, uh, and he gives maybe protection to some of that yes. lineup. That, that, Ramirez and uh, Reyes. Yes, and you need that. They're absolutely need- Now, maybe you get lucky and Aguilar is, or not Aguilar, but uh, Bradley is at first base. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he brings a little punch to the lineup, gets his first opportunity to play every day. Uh, you know, I don't know what will happen with Bauer long-term. I think in the end, I think the Indians will probably during the season or preseason or uh, at the end of this season will end up just either releasing him or, you know, trading him We're for another player. Well, yeah, yeah, you'll find a player, and this happens often in, in baseball, where two teams have players that just don't Don't have room for at different positions and you'll trade for them. Like fire may go for like a catcher or a, uh, a second baseman or another outfielder just because, you know, you you need to make both teams need to move on from a player. So we might as well get something that we want to look at versus nothing. Mm -hmm. And that happens often where you get a one for one trade 
or you pick up, uh, you know, someone who was injured for two years mm-hmm. that they don't want to deal with no more. And, you know, that's what happens. And the Indians like, oh, uh, you know, Bauer. I think they still have faith in them. I really do. I think they believe that there's talent there. Uh, they may have overestimated it. I don't know. It looks that way to us. Uh, they gave up a lot to get them. Um, but this is a scenario. I'm all for Bobby Bradley. Yeah, sometimes you can't do it, you know. But, yeah, I mean, what other choice do you have at first base? I mean, Naylor? I mean, I'd rather see Naylor in the outfield. Naylor the right fielder. Yeah. Yeah, I I think your outfield's set right now, Tim. Yeah. I think Naylor, Mercado, and Rosario is going to be your opening day outfield. Barring any injuries, like you said, um, and then right now, I think you'll probably see Jake Bowers at first base to open the season, um, just because of the experience and everything going on. But I think the Indians also know they need to take a look at Bobby Bradley. It, is he your guy at first base, or you got to find somebody else? Yeah, I think he's had like what 25, 20 at Yeah, yeah, he isn't much. Yeah, not, not many, many not many at all. Up. Yeah, and uh, I think it is around 25, 30 at bats at the league level. You can't judge a guy on that. You have to give him, you know, extended at bats. And when I mean extended at bats, I'm talking more than 100, like 150 to 200 to really judge a player and, and on a consistent basis. So hopefully he gets a chance. I mean, it makes no sense with the opening you have at first base not to at least give him every opportunity uh, to win the, the job outright and, and play every day and uh that's the thing bauer and him are the same both left-handed hitters so uh five at bats he's had five major league at bats 45 at bats oh 45 uh, major league guys okay eight hits he has a 178 average one home run four rbis yeah, yeah. so you can't judge a person got, on that no you got to find out what you got with him and that's giving him everyday opportunities yeah he needs 200 at bats to find that yeah. out and the only way to do that is play him now through the all-star break you know, when this season begins yep. and, and, you know, live with the up and downs and, you know, Bowers the same way in a lot of ways, he was not an everyday player Mm-mm. for the Indians. He may have had a stretch of maybe 20 games in a row at the most left field. Yeah. At the most. And I might be exaggerating 20, but uh, the only real way to find out about these players is to play them. But with Reyes at DH pretty much cemented and your outfield, like you just mentioned, and then you look at probably Bradley Zimmer as the uh, fourth outfielder, um, know, fourth, fifth outfielder. You got Luplo who, yeah. you know, they still don't want to oh, give between up Between the on, two of them, um, that makes sense because one's lefty, one's righty. Yeah. I'm not saying, you know, oh, that's a great outfielder. It's not. But to a time where you have to make decisions on players, Bradley Zimmer's in the same boat as Bowers. You yep. just don't know what to do with him. Yes, he is. And you, one of them is going to end up being that fourth, fifth outfielder person who can demonstrate the ability to handle that position of not playing every day and playing multiple positions like Luke Blue has proven to a certain degree is going to be that guy and see long-term if that happens. Jordan Lupo, you know, is the fourth outfielder. He can play all yep. three positions. Mm-hmm. He's more of a corner guy, but he can play all three. And, and Zimmer's the same way. He's more of a center fielder, but he can play uh, right and left. So, you know, in my opinion, the, those two right now, as the uh, roster looks like, has to be your favorites for four outfielders, and you'll go from there. And uh, the infield is, you know, play it by ear and see what happens. And yeah. I don't know who's going to be at short. I don't know who's going to be at first. Uh, Rosario could be at short. 
Jimenez could be, at- be a short. Short, exactly. Yeah. Oh, Tim, did you see this? Four minutes ago, the Cleveland Indians have brought back Brian Shaw. Oh, God. Actually, uh, Brian Shaw, it makes sense. You need a veteran who has a good arm in that bullpen right now. And he's going to teach some of those younger guys to uh, – how to how to prepare every day. I actually like that signing. It makes sense. I'm not uh, bringing Shaw back. Uh, makes total sense to me. And I, and the reason is he's a veteran. Love the idea that he has a rubber arm, meaning mm-hmm. that he can come back and back-to-back days. You have a lot of young pitchers with delicate arms, and he's a guy who they can learn from uh, in the bullpen about being a dependable guy who makes – he goes out there – in the fifth inning or the eighth inning, uh, and does what he's asked to do. He got a bad rap at the end of his career in Cleveland because of the World Series. But Mm -hmm. you don't get that playoff run without Brian Shaw. Uh, You need players who who show up every day. And, you know, those middle relievers, they don't get the due that they deserve. They get a Mm -hmm. lot of blame, but they never get the due that they deserve. Yeah, it would be, you know, you lost Brad Hand in the the back of the bullpen, so – you bring somebody back with experience. He's a veteran back into the a bullpen kind of guy. You don't know the status of Emmanuel Classe yet. Is he going to be suspended, you know, 20 more games this year? Are they going to count last year as a full season? Just, you know, move on. It'll be interesting. You have a young bullpen, like you mentioned, with a lot of guys who have had some major league experience, but not much. Uh, Karen Shack and Mayton and uh, Classe, all those guys out there, you have a lot of, a lot of unknowns. Right. Well, let's face it. You love where the Indians stand pitching-wise and, and the youth yes. that they have and the talent level that they have acquired during the last five years and have brought to the major league level. Uh, you feel comfortable about the pitching staff. I mean, you never know what's going to happen in the bullpen year to year, but you like the amount of arms that you have and the talent that they demonstrate. Uh, what the Indians are going to have to find out in – Unlike the last three years where they really since uh, 19 and 20, they just had trouble scoring runs on a consistent mm-hmm. basis. They were a home run or nothing team. And baseball has turned into that a lot of ways in the last five years. However, they're going to need to find ways to get on base uh, more often for when you do clear the bases with the big mm-hmm. fly, you're getting more than one run. And yeah. that's to me is where the Indians need uh, you know, some of these players to come through that you're not, we're, you know, we don't know who's going to be at shortstop and what he'll happen. We don't know who's going to be at first base. Uh, you know, you have Ramirez at third, you know, you have Hernandez at second, you know, mm-hmm. you have Perez behind the plate, uh, but you don't care what Perez really hits as long as he takes care mm-hmm. of the pitching staff. Uh, so with that in mind, you need the other eight players to be consistently good. And, uh, you know, uh, last year, the outfield was terrible. Let's just was, call it what it was. It, it was, was minor league quality. No, my God. Not one of them had a good year. A Naylor late season acquisition shows some promise. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll see exactly what happens going forward. But uh, I still think this Indians team can be – could be a – Aren't they going to be in the thick of things? Yeah, I think if they could if, – if they don't – if they get – if they have a bad April – or a, a bad first six weeks, then it's going to be a no. long season. It's yeah. just going to be a long season because it's going to be difficult to make up those games uh, in, in, in the standings. However, if they can hover around 500, you know, give or take 
four games, five games. Two or three games, yeah. Yeah, even five games. Let's say at the end of June or at the beginning of June, this team is, you know, 25 and 30. You know, uh, okay, that's not terrible. You know, you're you're a little behind where you want to be, but that's not terrible. If this team's, you know, 30 and 30 through 60 games, that'd be that'd be really good. If they're they were 30 and 30 through 60 two years ago. Yeah. They won 93 games. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. But you what you don't want to be is you know 20, you know, and yeah. you don't want to be 15 wins. You don't want to be where it's such a hard big mountain to climb that it's difficult to come back from. Uh, so April, this April and May is going to be really that. important to not just the development of this team, but how they play all season long. Yeah, it's, you know, you want to be hovering around 500. The first couple months of the season where the Indians usually start slow, um, especially this year, wins and the White Sox, um, the Royals are getting So you get the first six games against the Tigers and Royals. You should be able to go four and two. That'd be nice. I don't know if that'll happen, but it'll be nice. Uh, both teams are improving. Yes, they are. And, yes, they are. And the Royals are, are much are ready to make a move. Yes, they are. And to compete. And the White Sox are probably the, the team to beat in the, in the Central this year. So it, it it's an uphill. And like I said, every day it's uh, – just, you know, knock on wood and thank God that you have Terry Francona in the dugout, hopefully. This Absolutely. Year. Thank and, God. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Sandy did an amazing job filling in last year, but hopefully everything returns uh, to normal for the to Indians. To normal. And, yeah. And mm-hmm. normal meaning that Terry Francona is back for an entire season and is healthy and is able to guide this team and, and, and help it through its up and downs because that's what he's best at. And Yes. He, uh, not saying that's, I mean, I look at what the job Sandy did last year and I just, uh, total praise um, for being put into the uh, a situation that, you know, no one thought would happen with the pandemic and to take over a, a ball club and guide it to the playoffs was uh, an amazing job and shocked that he didn't get a job that off season, to be quite honest with you. But I think next year it could happen. And that's just, you know, that's down the road and we hope for the see. Now let's, uh, let's talk about what's happening this weekend. Uh, I heard there's a, there's an NFL football game going on. They, I think they call it a Super Bowl. Yeah. There's a, it was kind of a big game this weekend uh, between arguably the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, and you can almost view this sort of as uh, the passing of the torch, maybe. Possibly. You know? Possibly. Um, you know, the, I'm not sure. First time. I'm not going to say Mahomes is going to be the next Tom Brady because he's absolutely incredible. Brady speaks for himself. Um, but the first time a team will host a Super Bowl, uh, the NFL today, Tim, I don't know if you saw this, banned the Buccaneers from shooting off their cannon after touchdowns um, to remove any home field advantage. So, uh, you know, you got to remain neutral. And uh, uh, a couple years ago, I don't know if you heard this or uh, only caught major headlines nationally. But when the Broncos played the uh, Panthers in the Super Bowl, um, Alan Roach, who used to be the longtime voice at Mile High, um, was taken off the uh, PA announcing dude. He also does the Super Bowl also. So the NFL removed Alan Roach from doing the game 
because they said it was a home field advantage for the Broncos because his voice really made the Broncos play much better. I think well, Cam Newton might have wished Allen Roach was there. Yeah, well, what can you say? Uh, but, but yeah, there was a game going this weekend uh, that uh, could be first one to 40. Could be. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, um, I would probably even go a little lower. First one to 30 wins. And uh, I could, you know, obviously comebacks are always possible. So, uh, but I look at this matchup and I look at the question comes down to this. Can Tampa keep up with Kansas City's offense? Because Kansas City's offense can score on any given drive. You know, can and it's going to be interesting because the weather looks like it's going to rain. It's 75% oh, chance of rain. It's supposed to be about 71 degrees. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if it is a sloppy field there and how, how these Tampa two Bay. teams. It may. It very well may, you know. Uh, Slows down the speed of Kansas City and the Buccaneers have a better run game. And, and quite honestly, uh, you know, that may play into, into Tom Brady, you know, and his ability to, to really master any situation. Uh, it's tough to be, it's tough to bet against Tom Brady, but when you see Patrick Mahomes on the other side, and then you see uh, all the, the talent that he has around him. Chiefs are down shorting off into the line. So that kind of has me leaning towards Brady and the Buccaneers. As like you said, you can't bet against Tom. I mean, it's, oh, it's it, tough to, it, but did you hear this stat though? Tom Brady's put in nine Super Bowls. Yes. Three. Say that again. Tom Brady has played in nine Super Bowls. So nine first quarters he's played in the Super Bowl. His teams have scored a combined three points in nine first quarters in the Super Bowl. That's surprising. That's shocking, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. If so, you told me that ahead of time, I would say no. Obviously, you're if you gave me that. that stat and said. What team has only scored three points in every in the last you know yes. whatever in yeah. the Super Bowl history in the first quarter? I would say well, not as yeah. I would never have said what quarterback. I would not have said Brady. Yeah. Now, which of these two quarterbacks? I would uh, shock. Yeah. Uh, but hey, you know you got Tyke Hill on the other side who's a game breaker. Kelsey. Yeah, and it, it's going to be an interesting matchup. I don't think it'll be. Anything close to what Cleveland and Kansas City played, where it was 22 mm. 17, which well, still blows my mind. 34 30, yeah. 31 I, 28. If anyone told me going back three weeks ago that the Browns would only give up 22 points to Kansas City, I would think they would have a, they would have won the ball game. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, that just shows you how good Kansas City is. Uh, when they need to do something, they're, 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 they they usually get things done. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm i still going to say Tom Brady will have a winning ledger at the end of his day when they talk about his 10th Super Bowl, but he'll still be on six wins. I'm going to go with Kansas City uh, winning a, uh, let's say, a 35-30 ball game. Give me the Buccaneers because you can't bet against Brady and the Chiefs are down two offensive linemen. Give me the Buccaneers, I don't know, 30, uh, 30 to 23. All right. We'll see what happens. Now I'm going to be completely wrong. The Chiefs are going to win 34 to 10. Yeah, well, I never get them right either. So, uh, yeah, so. 
you know, hey, it's it's fun to talk that way. However, I will say this: this past weekend, uh, the the AFLW began, and they mm-hmm. have their yearly competition of what they mm-hmm. call tipping, which is picking. Yeah, teams. yeah. And uh, I entered two competitions. Uh, one that uh, is the siren competition that uh, is hosted by, of course, Gemma mm-hmm. and uh, her uh, teammates from Siren Sports. And mm-hmm. I went seven for seven. Wow. And then I entered another one with one of my favorite podcasts, which Gemma, yeah. used, how I found Gemma was on How Goods Footy. And yeah. I didn't pick the same seven. What? I, I goofed on one. I And I when the game began, I went back and looked and seen. I go, why did I pick Richmond? <laughs> and uh, yeah, they lost. So I was six for seven there. Uh, That's so not I, bad went thir- I went 13 for 14. That's pretty uh, damn good. Not bad for an American, huh? No, not bad. <laughs> I'm not sure many Australians went 13 for 14. Yeah, seven for seven in, in, in the competition uh, uh, for Sirens. So I'll take that. And here's the even crazier thing uh, in the game of uh, Australian rules football. You can have the last play after the siren. So, meaning if you make a play, a mark, uh, let's say with like 10, 15 seconds mm-hmm. left in the game, the clock will run out and then yeah. you have your opportunity okay. to kick the fill of the goal. Yeah. And I said uh, Collingwood would win by 14. They ended up winning by eight on the last play of the game in a non. A, a really a non-changing goal. Yeah. Uh, Carlton kicked a a goal of that uh, was worth six points. Six. So oh. I would have had it on the. You would have had it. You would have right on the money. I would have had it on the button. So uh, well, hey, what can you do? It, it, that's the way it works sometimes. But uh, I will Still take. I'll take my victories. Impressive. Yeah, yeah, I'll take my uh, my victories where I can get it. Uh, Collingwood, the uh, Magpies, uh, ladies uh, will return to. The Oval this weekend, and uh, we'll be cheering them on. I will say this, uh, boy, did I pick a. What can I say? They're a historic team in Australia. However, they have their their issues, to say the least, as an organization. And uh, I don't know the whole story because obviously I haven't been following them that long. But they just had a review done, outside review on the organization, and it was pretty damning about. Uh, basically uh, racism that exists Uh-oh. within the system. And uh, the person who runs the team announced about three, four weeks ago that he was going to step down at the end of this year. I think he should step down today. Yeah. Uh, he actually should have stepped down a long time ago. Uh, so uh, hopefully they get the, their act together and uh, get that, that scar behind them. But yeah, systematic uh, racism has been the charge. Uh, with that uh, that organization, so hopefully uh, they'll get some of that taken care of, and uh, you know, I still root for the players and, and hope for the best for the for the team. And Eddie McGuire, hopefully he'll step down sooner than later, and uh, new blood will come in and hopefully run that organization better. But I'm not uncommon in the world of sports, and I don't have all the details, but not to mention it would be. Kind of irresponsible on my part because I talk about the magpie. So uh, <laughs> uh, good luck to the girls this weekend. Can't wait to watch the gals play and uh, get that win number two. Everyone kept saying they couldn't do it this week. They did. And uh, it should be a lot of fun. Now, the other type of football, the round ball football, my 
my Reds are hemorrhaging. Yeah, they are. They lost again today. They lost two at home. This is the first That's time they Yeah, yeah. I don't know the exact extent of uh, the last time that has happened, but it's been a very long time. And uh, they are now seven points behind on the table. They're sitting in fourth. Uh, they got, if they stay in the top four, they, they qualify for the, the Champions League next year, which will be important. Uh, mm-hmm. There's still games to be played, but they're going to just basically have to win them all out the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. No more ties, no more losses. Uh, they do have, you know, Man City and Man United and uh, a few other teams uh, still to face in the second half of the season, but it is going to be an uphill climb. I thought uh, last week they were turning the corner. Uh, they scored some goals for the first time in, in five matches. Uh, they uh, won two in a row, uh, laid an egg today uh, against Brighton, who is just sitting outside regulation. So uh, they're, they, uh, they have 22 points now, so they're pretty safe from the year. They, uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're sitting fourth from the bottom. The top, bottom three can be regulated out of the, uh, out of the mm-hmm. tournament or the, the conference, whatever you want to call it. So – yeah, uh, tough goes. Uh, the the pandemic has been a the restart has not been good. A lot of injuries. They've uh, brought in two new players this week. Hopefully, they'll have a chance to acclimate themselves to the organization and get going and help them the rest of the way. Hopefully, uh, Diego uh, Jota will be back here. Jota will be back here soon. Jota and I hope uh, he makes a difference when he comes back because they definitely miss him. But yeah, it's it's gonna be an uphill climb. But what what a story if it happens. Yeah, let's uh let's hope that uh, the uh, football in a couple of weeks is a lot better than ha- than uh, it it has been going for you of late. Yeah, like I said, it's been a kind of a I've been kind of salty lately for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And, uh, what a way to finish it off. Yeah, huh? yeah. Liverpool has uh, brought me down a little bit lately, but still love my Reds. Still gonna you know we're gonna pull this out. I got a cat feeling somehow, some way gonna bring a trophy back i don't know maybe i'm i'm fooling myself but uh, <laughs> uh yeah you know I'm, i don't like losing there man these that's my team that never lost used to it yeah i know right yeah. what is this they're losing what is this i got i have other teams have done that too much <laughs> this is my year to shine you know uh, the indians made the playoffs the browns made the playoffs the Cavs actually are 500 you know Cavs look respectable the Penguins on the basketball club on the floor playing hard, playing good, you know, winning some, losing some, but, you know, we're hopeful there. You know, I just uh, – Ohio State basketball looking phenomenal, so. Oh, they look overall, really good. Overall, I'm, I'm, I, I can't complain. I'm a little salty right now, but I'll get yeah. by it. <laughs> I'll get by it. I'll get by it. I'm not, I'm not thrilled. I was, you know, watching it on my phone, and my phone, you know, for some reason was giving me problems not watching it properly, so. It was probably a good thing. That's uh, right. <laughs> that was a sign to turn it off. Uh, I tell you what, you know, those mid midweek games, when I got a chance to watch them on my phone, I try to do it. But, ah, what can you do? All right, Anthony, I don't know what else to talk about. We talked about a lot, and uh, I'm sure I forgot something along the way, but is there something you want to chime in here? Here's your opportunity. No, let's, uh, let's hope uh, DQ comes back soon, and uh... – why is you can start winning some of these games instead of losing the close ones. And yeah, uh, we'll see what happens come March. You know, give me an attorney. 
you know, be yeah. ready for the, for the Horizon tournament and see what happens. You know, that's what it's all about. Uh, yeah, yeah, we need we need a, a healthy Quisenberry. There's no question about it. And big time. You know, Nas has played well though. You got to give him credit. He's when he's been healthy, he's been playing well. Good team for the. Bohannon's uh, done well. You know what can you do? Um, injuries are a big part of every sport in every game, every season. So mm-hmm. uh, they tell the story about success and non-success. And uh, let's hope uh, the uh, the YSU Penguins basketball team uh, has a, a nice February. I'm a little salty. I don't, I'm getting salty. I'm salty too about it. I, yeah. I don't even want to talk about it. Last week was ugly. Yeah. Last week was ugly. Uh, well, you know, between Liverpool and the Penguins on the on the, on the hard floor, uh, Collingwood with its systematic racism, uh, I'm a little salty. Yeah, it's a salty month. They, you know, February used to be enjoyable for basketball and spring training starting. And, you know, last year you and I were at Beagley in February watching YSU drill yeah. Wright State, and now it's like, oh, boy, we need DQ back fast. Yeah. We need him back bad. We need, we need some energy, you know? Yeah. It's, we, it's like playing that video game where where's that energy bar, you know? <laughs> yeah. You need to tap that L2 button or whatever it was. Fast. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, Anthony. Uh, my thanks to you and to everybody listening. Uh, once again, if you have a chance, tune in on Facebook Live on the Newcastle Hurricanes media page uh, this Friday night for a high school basketball with uh, Trinity coming to town to Newcastle. Uh, James and I will have that. We're going to have to have James back on. Uh, he's doing a phenomenal job once again. And uh, we'll have some fun talking uh, sports uh, real soon here. And uh, hopefully this, uh, it's only the third day of February. Hopefully this saltiness goes away. It's not just salt on the roads there. It's, uh, God. Ah, hey, we're going to do better. I promise. Yes, we will. All right, for Anthony Canfield, I am Tim here in Bourbon wishing you all a wonderful good evening or good day. And remember, always tell your family, friends, and enemies about Radio MVP and help us keep it rolling. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>